Lean in, Lisa, put her to the test. Lean in, Lisa, so get off your chest. It's more than just a trend, cause everyone's her friend. So lean in with Lisa, spend your time with Lisa. Lisa's got something to say. So reach out to Lisa every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to my podcast, Lean In with Lisa. Today's guest is someone very, very special. And she is not only a terrific actress, but she is also the author of the book, Eat, Pray, Hashtag FML. Fuck my life. Her name is Gabrielle Stone. So reach out to Lisa every day. Hey, Hi. Gabrielle. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for being here with me. You are a badass. Oh, thank you. <laughs> in, I'll, in a I'll really good way. I'll own that. <laughs> own it up to the clouds. Own it. Because first of all, your story, I was glued to your book. Oh, I yay. could not. Do you want to see this book? Wait, I have to show you this book. <laughs> Wait, it looks a little wrinkled. It's like a little bent. It's okay. That means it was read well and worn. It was read well and worn. I love it. It, it was read on, on the toilet. It was read in bed. Uh -huh. It was read in the Uber. It was read everywhere. It was read everywhere. It. And I couldn't put it down. You lived my dream. Yay. <laughs> I have always wanted to do what you did at your age. And I never got to, I never got to Europe until I was 50. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I wish I would have gone sooner. Um, and I went when I was 28. You were 28? Yeah. I mean, so I'm, look where you went. Yeah. It was I amazing. Mean, how many, how many countries did you go to? I did six countries over the span 30, of a month. A month, like 30 days. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I don't know where to begin. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know where to begin. You're, you're such a naughty girl. <laughs> I love it. I love, I that. love it. I know. I knew, I knew I would love you. <laughs> who curse, who curses more, you or Joe Pesci or me? I, I mean, oh, that my might kids, be a toss up, but I mean, I do, I do swear probably too much for most people's appetite. So I have to give my... I need to give my younger daughter a dollar every time I swear. So she's she's already a millionaire. I love that. But, <laughs> um, no, but that the minute I read, I started turning the pages. I'm not going to say too much because I want people to read your book. I was like, we're going to go to lunch. I love that. <laughs> um, I think if I could have actually made the title what FML stands for, I would have. Um, if I was, you know... <clears throat> could just plaster the F word across the the cover of a book. But we decided for uh, marketing purposes that FML was the better route to uh, to take. <laughs> and I love that it's eat, pray, and it's hashtag FML. It's just perfect. Now, I wanted to ask you – oh, by the way, I because of the book, it took place in Europe, most of it. I wore my shirt. That my daughter just she just came back from the Cannes Film Festival. She was interning there. As oh, an intern. amazing! Um, look at my shirt. She gave me this shirt. Oh, I love it. Oh, I'm so yeah. jealous. I'm. I've I been so ready for the last year to just get out of the country. Yes, and she told me, "Mom, 
incredible, like incredible. Like just the people, I can understand why you didn't want to come home for many reasons. Yes. I was going to wear this shirt, but then I said, nah. Will you still love me tomorrow? Oh, I love that. (laughs) That's from the show Beautiful that Carol King wrote. Nice. The show Beautiful that Carol King wrote. Because your story is based on love. I mean, it's all about love and soul searching and survival and dealing with so much stuff. Yeah. And your story is something I think many women can relate to in so many ways. And I think that anyone who's now watching this podcast, you don't have to, you know, you really could be a man or a woman because it's about heart, you know, heartbreak. It's about, um, well, you tell me. It's yeah, your book. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Heartbreak and grief is universal. So I have a lot of male readers that relate to it once they can get past the fact that, you know, there's pink writing on the cover. And um, yeah, it's resonated with a lot of people, not only because of the subject matter, but because I wanted to write it in a very blunt and, you know, in your face type of way where it feels like you're sitting down talking to your girlfriend. But for people that don't know about the book, let me kind of give a little bit of backstory. So I was married for almost two years when I found out my husband was having an affair with a 19-year-old for six months. Filed for And you divorce. were at the time? How what? old were you at the time? You were what, 20? Uh, I was 28 when that happened. 28. Yeah. Um, Filed for divorce, left, and shortly after that, met a guy. We fell madly in love with each other and had this crazy whirlwind romance. Don't go out with Latin guys, ladies. You know, you can't put them all in that category, but yes, he was Latin. (laughs) Um, I feel like like that's already dangerous. Right. Red flag number one. Um, (laughs) Red flag. He convinced me to join him on a month-long trip to Italy. And 48 hours. My favorite place. Yeah. 48 hours before we were getting on the plane, he told me he needed to go by himself. And I was absolutely devastated. He broke my heart like my ex-husband never could have done. And I was sitting at my mother's house because I was divorced and back living with my mom and sitting on my bed in a pool of tears. And I had a decision to make. And that was either stay at home heartbroken or go travel Europe for a month by myself. So I took a backpack and did six countries over the span of a month and wrote Eat, Pray, FML about it. And you stayed at all these different hostels all over Europe? Yes, I did. And the only thing I knew about hostels when I was getting on the plane to go over there was that there was a movie about it and people get brutally murdered in that movie. Um, I had no idea that it was a thing and it was totally life-changing for me. The whole trip really, I came back a different human in all of the best ways. Okay. So, all right. Your mother, first of all, I love your mom. For those of you who don't know who Gabrielle's mom, can I say who your mom is? Of course. Gabrielle's mom is Dee Wallace Stone, who was actually on my first podcast. And we had a blast. Dee First of all, your mom, your mom adores you. Your mom and I did a radio show about a year and a half ago, and the, our conversation was all about our daughters. Oh, I love that. And, <laughs> and how much we love our daughters. Now, 15 years ago, I was at the gym in the locker room, and there was your mom. Ah. And, you know, we start shooting the shit, and we're talking again about our daughters. 
except you guys, you, you and my older daughter, you were much younger at the time. You were teenagers. So we talked about how important it was to empower our daughters mm. as women who choose the right men, yeah. how important it is to choose the right man. And I distinctly remember your mom saying to me, I only hope that my daughter, when she's older, chooses the right man. Ah. And I said, to, I said the same thing because whenever I, I tell my daughters now, when it, my older daughter's 23, my younger daughter's 13, I say, you know, you got to choose a guy who is caring, loving, polite, but makes you feel great about yourself when you're with him. Mm-hmm. Whether you choose, whether if you're straight or if you're gay, I don't care what you are. You choose a partner who's going to make you feel really good about who you are when you're with them and don't, don't settle for anything less. Absolutely. Now you were very close to your father and I know you lost him at a very young age. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, what was your relationship with your dad like? I was a daddy's girl. I mean, we played baseball and, you know, watched the Dodger games in, in bed and, um, I, I loved my dad, um, and losing him and in the way I lost him, you know, because my mom was in New Zealand shooting a movie called The Frighteners and I was at home with my dad and my nanny and I ran into his room to wake him up and he wasn't there and I ended up finding him on the bathroom floor. And that's a really traumatic thing to go through at that mm-hmm. age, um, not only to then realize that you're going to grow up without a dad, but to to find him in that way, I think subconsciously really screwed me up in a few different ways. And God bless my mom. She did the best she could. You know, she flew straight home, got all of the affairs in order, took me and my nanny back to New Zealand and she finished the film. But it, of course, even with therapy is going to do some damage to a little girl. Um, And that's really where the first Uh, big, you know, subconscious belief came up in my life, which was fear of abandonment and not wanting to be alone. Well, I understand it because I lost my mom when I was 21 and she, I wasn't that close to my dad, but my mom was my best friend. Like Mm. your mom is your best friend. Yeah. So I, I didn't, but I, she, she died of cancer. She suffered, you know, for a while. So we knew it was going to happen eventually. But with your dad, I mean, talk about, talk about PTSD, talk about the trauma that, that, that you, that you dealt with and for a little girl to deal with that. So you then started, as you got older, you would go out with men. You always needed to needed a man in your life. Yeah. I think I, I definitely grew up always playing out that fear of abandonment. So for me, it was not wanting to be alone. So I always had a boyfriend or I always had friends over or I always had a roommate. And I was very rarely just ever by myself. Um, and I started, you know, you don't ever get over something like that happening, but you start to heal from it. And time definitely helps. And when I was 18, I lost my boyfriend very suddenly and tragically in a car accident. And that same wound was then ripped wide open all over again. And it was reinstilled in me that like when I love someone, they die and fear of abandonment. Mm -hmm. Right. So then you end up, you end up focusing on men who are maybe, I mean, not really have that that they don't have the qualities that they should have. Mm, No, I disagree with that. If you and anyone knew my ex-husband, like my mom loved my ex-husband. He fooled everyone. 
But that's a so isn't that a sociopath? Oh, one hundred percent. But like you don't, you know, meet a sociopath and go, Oh, I see all, right. all these sociopathic know. tendencies. Yes. Um so yeah, he had a lot of really great qualities at the time before that flip switched in his head. Um, and same with Javier, who's the man that invited me to Europe. He has a lot of really great qualities. They were just both very broken in very different ways. Um, but I think that they were both instrumentally put in my life and in my path for me to go on this trip and have this oh, without experience. A doubt. Because if I, I wouldn't, I would have an entirely different life now. I completely agree. I think what you did, meeting this friend group, meeting I mean, Jacob, can I say it? Meeting Chris. Yeah. Meeting, um, meeting, um, uh, the woman who let, who, who whose coat you wore. Anike. Uh, yes. Anike. I met Anike. so many amazing people on oh that trip. Oh my God. In Barcelona and Amsterdam and in, 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 in Mykonos. And I mean, I see it on the big screen. Yeah. <laughs> I see your story on the, on the big screen and but I had a couple of things that really bothered me about this because, and I, I, I shouldn't judge because I, I'm, I don't want to be judgmental, but you deserved, as your friends told you, you deserved so much more and, and to be treated in such a um, more respectful way. Mm-hmm. And yet... You didn't want to give up that one guy. Yep. You you kept, and the mother, oh my God, the mother. I mean, every time she reached out to you, I wanted, I wanted to kind of close the book, but then I opened it again <laughs> because I was, no, because I was so angry that she got so involved. Oh, because that's it would, so it would interesting it, that you because have- it would feed into your it would feed into your vulnerability because every time you would uh, be ready you're ready you're on your way now to like okay I'm going to open up my heart to maybe Chris or I'm going to open up my heart to someone you were about to and then all of a sudden the text would come in hi um you know and then she would say something like well uh, I really don't know why you know uh, he's being this way and uh, because you deserve and I really love you you know. Look, I understand she loved you, but I mean, it it felt like it was just getting you more riled up. That's more, so more- that's so interesting that you have that experience from reading. And I don't know if it's because your mother yourself, but she was kind of like my saving grace on that trip because my mom was she really? is my best friend. And she was so angry at Javier that she couldn't even talk about it. I mean, it I couldn't process my feelings in a vocalized way talking to yes, her. And his mother his mother became that for me. Um and most of the times when those texts would happen and I would get pulled back were from Javier, not his mother. There were many times where I reached out to her um and she had asked me point blank like do you mind if I check on you throughout the trip and I said yes please because I felt like I needed someone that that had a connection to this person that was just ripped away from me. So that's so interesting that you have that, that you've had that experience. I did. And and, and I have to say, don't you think that, listen, we, I've dated more guys than you could imagine. I mean, I was a serial dater and I fell in love with some of the mothers and some of them I would run for the Hills, Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? But don't you think that in the end that Javier was her number one 
she was she he was her son of course she of course he was her son but so, there there was even no though, point when she would talk to me where she favored his side in fact it more so felt like she was on my side most of the time and it javier like that. javier wouldn't even talk to her or open up about things because she would put him in his place about it and be like this is terrible what you've done and like you're not right for doing this so well, final yes well that's good that's good I'm, I'm glad she did that um did you when your mom met javier for the first time i remember she had said something to him we, when she said what she said to him, yeah, I I would have died. Like, if it were me, and my mother said that to him, my my guy, I was like crazy about. I don't know how I would have been like. Like, I would have killed my mom. Like, I would have been like, <laughs> I can't believe, I can't. No, I can't believe you said that. You know, I think she was so. But she loves you so much, yeah, and she's and like protective she just, of you. She had just seen me go through this like brutal divorce. Divorce. Um, so of course the sociopath. she was wary and protective and everybody in my life was like, well, this is moving too fast. What's going on? Um, but I mean, clearly Javier did not heed that warning. So it really d- didn't matter regardless. <laughs> it didn't matter regardless. That's true. That's true. Um, during this, this trip, did you ever think maybe that there was someone else? That he had someone else? You know, I didn't. That never crossed my mind because he had been so open and honest with me about what he was going through and I was talking to his mother about it and talking to his sister about it and talking to his best friend about it. So uh, there wasn't ever – that never crossed my mind. Um, You will eventually, you know, if you read the sequel, which just came out about a week and a half ago, so it's out now. Oh, yay. Um you, we find out some interesting things that happened on the trip with him. Um, but there was never, you know, that wasn't the reason for the, the initial breakup. Okay. So you can't tell me yet. I mean, I don't know. I, I, do you still talk to him? You'd have to read the sequel to find out. I have to read, okay, okay. (laughs) I'll read the sequel. Uh, Okay. But but okay, there's so lots. More, I will say there's lots more to the story. You know, he doesn't just disappear, and the sequel is totally not about him. There, there's definitely some Javier stuff in there. <laughs> okay, you're not going to tell me you're married with three kids. Oh my god, no. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> if you ever had the, if you had the chance to do it over, like if you, would you have done it? Would you have? No, that's a stupid question. If you, as as much as you loved this guy. And you went through what you went through. Would you do it? Would you have done it over? You know what? Yeah, you should. You, uh, what you, what he, he did you a favor. He did you a favor. Oh, you know hugely. that. I he mean, did you he, a favor. He changed yes. my life in many, he many ways. Your life. He changed. He, he he set me on a different career path. He helped me go on this crazy journey to heal. And I would yes. do all of it with all the heartbreak ten times over if it meant I right. ended up where I'm at now. Right, because you learned to love Gabrielle. Yeah, you learned to. I mean, you you became this strong, incredible, brave, courageous, ballsy. I mean, you were like a different person from the beginning towards the as it went on and hugely, on and on. Hugely, like I was re- It was like I was envisioning you, and I saw this. It's like this little girl grow into a woman. Aw, this beautiful woman. 
Yeah, it totally was a life-changing trip for me and I came back feeling like an an entirely different human. Do you keep in touch with everybody? I keep in touch with a lot of people that I met on the trip. Um Chris is in the sequel as well. Um so I've I've maintained a a friendship with him. Um Mallory from it's so funny cuz I have to like you know Chris Mallory. and the Chris and the main people I know their their book names um but the people that I don't talk about quite as often I always have to stop and like think if I'm saying the right name so Mallory from <laughs> Barcelona um I I keep in touch with often and she actually did an episode of my podcast FML Talk um where she came on and oh, we cool. reminisced about all the Barcelona stuff um Rhonda from Barcelona came to the release party of Eat Pray FML so I've I've kept in touch with a lot of them um oh. Jason from from Amsterdam that I went and traveled with in Mykonos. Um, mm-hmm. we, I love Jason. We stay in touch. So yeah, I, I made a oh, ton of new great. friends on that trip. You made a ton of new friends. Like my daughter, so she just got back from the Cannes, working at the Cannes Film Festival. And she said, I she met people from all over the world and it's her, her new friend group. Yeah. It's a new friend group that she said, mom, if I hadn't gone, I wouldn't have met these people. And now they're like constantly in touch, in touch with each other. It's yeah. great. It's great. That's awesome. I love that. And that's so, and so let me ask you this. Uh, do, do you know that, do you know what I did for almost 20 years? No, I do not. I, I was a professional matchmaker. Oh my God. Shut up. <laughs> huh? yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. And I had women like you, very strong, beautiful women, smart women coming to me for advice and trying to help them find their compatible match, you know, their partner, mm-hmm. lifelong partner, wanted to settle down, have a family. When you meet a man, I want to ask you, when you meet a man now after this whole entire experience you had, do you look for red flags? Do you now, are you more conscious? Yeah. I mean, I think from all the healing work I've done now, um, I can look back at the relationship with my ex-husband, the relationship with Javier and see red flags um, in certain areas. Javier is a bit trickier because he didn't just come out and say he was dealing with this big grief and he didn't seem as depressed as he really was. Um, but as far as like, you know, how fast it moved and what what I now know is love bombing, uh, 100%, I can see, you know, certain red flags with both of those relationships. Um, I, I have, I'm not meeting men anymore because I'm in a very help, ha- happy, healthy relationship now. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, when I, when I started dating again, I was very cognizant of, um, what people would refer to as red flags. So when you would say that you're <clears throat> not dating right now because you're in a really healthy relationship, are you saying you're in a healthy relationship with yourself? Or oh, you're in yeah. a relationship with or you're well, both. in a very relate so you are in a relationship with someone right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. We live together. We have three dogs. We own a house together. We're we're in it. <laughs> that okay. That is fantastic. That's so that is really good to hear. Thank you. 
And does mommy like him? Mom loves him. Everyone loves him. It's like almost Good. annoying because, you know, people will read a lot in the sequel of how we met and like the tumultuous road that it took for us to get here. Um, but from the beginning, everybody's loved him. Everyone's always been on his team. <laughs> how, did, how did you meet? We actually met 10 years ago on a film set. He played my older brother and then we went off and got married and he had a child and then we both got divorced. And when I came back from Europe, we randomly ran into each other at a bar and started from there. So it's not Chris. No, no. But people will, you know, the, the first answer I, or uh, question I That's always get after is, do you still talk to Javier and did Chris come to LA? And all of that is answered in the sequel, I promise. <laughs> okay. Uh, then we all, uh, people, you got to read, first you got to read this, read the first one. <laughs> and then after I read the sequel, you come back on the show. Yeah, I would love um, that. Why do you think you were born to save people? Like, I feel like you are this amazing, my daughter's a little like you. People gravitate towards her because she's so easy to be with. She has this, because you're very, you are very confident. You really are. Thank you're you. very confident. You, ha you have a very nice confidence about you. So friends love being around you. And I could I, see I hope what. So. <laughs> well, no, it was obvious when you met all these people in Europe. I mean, they all wanted you to come here with them and here with them and let's do this together. Let's jump off cliffs and this and that. You really jumped off. You jumped off a cliff. I did. You really jumped. I really what did. did I have like? it on video. How There's what? proof. <laughs> oh my god, I have to see the video. Um, but yeah, so you could tell that you're. Do you get it from? You, is your mom that way? Does she like to take yeah, care of people? I, I think so, and she. You know, I grew up on film sets and watching her, and I've I've always been outgoing, but I think I've stepped into it more so with the healing that I've done. I think that's like the confidence that people see now. Um, and it's interesting because my mom, apart from being an actress, is also a world healer. She does sessions yes. with people all over the world every day. And whenever we would go see psychics or she would, you know, meet someone that was really intuitive, they'd say, oh, your daughter is going to be really big in the healing space as well. And I always was like, no, like I'm not – I, I love and like appreciate right. her work, but I'm never going to do that. I don't – I'm not called to do it. Um, I benefit. I benefit from it all the time. Um, but yeah, they – I guess whatever all of those people were picking up on is the way that the books that I've written is reaching people and healing people and helping them through. That's beautiful. And I think a lot of people who will read your books will definitely uh, benefit from it because there are so many people out there, you know, being a matchmaker all those years, I, I met so many women whose husbands left them for someone else um, who, uh, I mean, they've been through, uh, they, listen, some of these women were in their 40s and 50s when it happened. And a woman, as they get older, it's much harder for them to meet someone, and especially a woman in, in her 50s. So I think, you know, uh, this book would be great any for any age. I mean, oh, literally. I have, I have readers for that reach age. out to me that are 65 yeah. and 70. I have yes. one reader who was in her 60s and was like, I read your book and filed for divorce the next day. Um, yeah. And then I have readers yeah. that are like, I read your book and it saved my marriage because it made me realize all this stuff that I was doing. So 
it's been incredibly fulfilling and rewarding to receive the amount of messages that I get um, from people all over the world. I mean, I have I have people that have reached out to me from Canada and the UK and Australia and Tanzania. It's wild. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And and I'm telling you, uh, you know, listen. I remember years ago when I was I was going through a divorce myself, and I was I read the book by Louise Hay, "You Can Heal Your Life." Yeah. I don't know if you've read it. That was my Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the new Bible. Oh, I love that. <laughs> People, how do you get this book anyway? It's I, exclusively I think I it on, um, on Amazon or on oh, my Amazon, website. Amazon. Um, okay. Yeah. And it's paperback, what? ebook, hardcover, and audiobook, which I narrate. What? Oh, you, you have an audiobook. Yeah. That's great. Oh, they could listen to it in the car. Yeah. You can do yeah. the sequel that way. Oh, that's fantastic. And so you, um, we're going to, what's your website? Eatprayfml.com. We're going to post it when we, post the podcast. Oh, we're going to cool. post that so people could know. Uh, yeah. And that's where like all the podcast information is. All of, all the things are on the website. <laughs> good. Good. Um, you think if you weren't a really good salsa dancer that you and Javier would have hit it off? I, you know what? I didn't know how to salsa when he and I met, like we were going to hip hop type clubs and I, I'm just a great dancer in general because I grew up dancing for years, Right, but I didn't know right. how to salsa dance until I came back from Europe. I started like going to salsa clubs and stuff and now I absolutely uh, love it. It's my favorite you love thing it? to do. Um, but no, I mean, actually, if if I if it weren't for the dance element, we probably wouldn't have connected on the level that we did that soon. I think so. I, I, I was thinking about that. Yeah. I was wondering about that. <laughs> do they still is that salsa is, do they still have that place? What was the place in Los Feliz that everyone used to go salsa dancing? Um, I don't know. There's El Floridita. Um, there's some newer ones out. I've never been to one in Los Feliz. There's one in Los Feliz, I think. I mean, they're everywhere though, so I'm sure there are. They're all over. It was great. Oh, by the way, look what I'm drinking. You ready? Look what I'm drinking. Oh my God. I love it. Because you told me, wait, you said. Self-love cocktail. This is my cocktail. Oh my God. I love it. All the olives. (laughs) Is this the kind of cocktail you were talking about? I mean, you know, like to each their own. Alcohol is um, optional in the self-love cocktail, whatever fits oh. your boat. <laughs> you mean I should be on my Peloton right now? <gasps> I love it. I picked the wrong cocktail. I Hey, whatever's making you happy, that's what it's about. Really? Yeah. So I could do this and then go on my Peloton? 100%. If that's what's making your soul happy, more power to you. <laughs> mm. Thank you. You have so, my you have my permission. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I can't wait to take you to lunch. So listen, <laughs> we where do you get this? I don't know if you want to talk about this, but the thought onion. Yeah, totally. Um, so I it's funny you- because I came up with it when I was walking home on the streets of London, my first day of kind of adventuring around by myself. And when I got home, I wrote it down in in my journal that I was writing the book in. And I was like, God, I have to change that name. That's so freaking dumb. Like the, the thought onion. Like I, ha- the, I have to come up with something better. And then I kept using it over and over throughout the trip and it just finally stuck and I never changed it. So the thought onion is my technique of how you can look at thoughts and reactions you're having and figure out what's underneath them and causing them um, to then heal 
that subconscious belief so you can have a different reaction or thought in the future. So it's a healing technique and you look at it like an onion. The first layer is the superficial thought and it's the knee-jerk reaction you have right when something happens, that initial thought that happens before you can even control your brain. And you take a step back and peel that back and then you get to the authentic thought and that's kind of like the emotion that's sitting under the surface that's causing that initial reaction in the first place. And you take a step back and peel that layer back and you get to the subconscious thought. And that's like where the real meat and potatoes golden nugget is. And it's usually a childhood trauma or a long-stemming subconscious belief. And when you can get to that layer and figure out not only to be aware of it, but what you can do to adjust it in the future and heal it, then you can start to have different reactions and thoughts in the future. So by the time you're peeling all these layers, you're you're crying like you've never cried in your life. <laughs> Luckily, it's a metaphorical onion because I can't I, I can't do the the, the kitchen onions. <laughs> Me neither. Um, do you think you could really get back with an ex lover? Um, I think there's different situations for different people. I think anything is possible if two people decide to put in the work and want to change for the better. Yeah, but don't you think once once you you don't think once it's over it's it's over? Well, I broke up with the guy I've been with three times, and here we are living mm-hmm. together happily ever after. So, um, yeah, I think it's possible for sure if if the people are wanting to do the work and heal and can really to, yes. grow together. They both have to do the work. Yes, one hundred percent. Right, right. It goes both ways. Right. Yep. Because if one does the work and the other one doesn't, oh no, that'll never work. One is one. One is here, one is here, and one is there. Yeah, it'll right? never work. It'll never work. What advice would you give your your children, daughter, son, whatever? What what advice would you give them as they grow up? What would you tell them? Oh God, so many things. But if I had to pick one. Um, to not take things that happen in your younger years too seriously. So many times I would go through breakups or something would happen and I would think this is like the world is ending and this is going to be the hardest thing that I've ever dealt with in my entire life. Um, There's always something that's harder and you're always going to survive it and you're going to learn and grow from that experience. So I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. You can't always see that reason when it's happening. Um, but it it's always there's always a reason, and and that's really good advice. That's really it's such good advice because it isn't the end of the world, and things you know will it'll always sometimes turn into a positive. Yeah. Oh, like, hugely. Like like, I mean, I'm a walking like what, example what, what, of that. You're a walking <laughs> example. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, there were there were moments when I just I wanted to catch you. I wanted to catch you and. Especially, I mean, do you still cry as much? No, I mean, no, not nearly as much. I mean, I was crying good, a lot good. on that trip because it was, you yes, know, I, know, I, I know. was dealing with so much and going through so much. Um, I know, and I know, but the- it was my therapy to cry and to write about it. Oh, and 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 then, well, I don't want to mention that, but there's some hot stuff in this book. There's some what? There's some really hot stuff. Oh yeah, in this we book. you know we dabble in the Fifty Shades you, of Grey. You 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 <laughs> definitely you definitely get down and dirty. There there 
You're a very naughty little girl. I mean, hey, I when my mom first read the first draft of this. That's what I wanted to know. What did your mom think? Yeah, she looked at me and said, God, Gabrielle, are you sure you don't want to change your name or take out one of the men you slept with? And I said, no, mom, <laughs> because that would be inauthentic and people are going to relate to how real this is because I, I'm not sugarcoating it. And lo and behold, <laughs> um, it it's it's landed with people, I think, because of that, because I didn't edit things or tone things down. Um, and the second time she read it was when it was fully published in its full form. And she called me crying and said, I, I was working with a healing client today that was saying, I just like don't know how to love myself and can't grasp it. And she's like, I didn't know how to put into words how she could start doing that and practicing that. And then I sat down, finished your book, and it was there sitting. Like the answer that I was looking for for my client was sitting in the final pages of my daughter's book. Um, so she was just very proud after the initial shock wore off. <laughs> well, when I met your mom for the first time – actually, not the second time we were together, actually, we she said to me – and was, she was talking about your book. And she said – I said – tell me, tell me, you know, tell me about it. She says, oh, you have to read it. You have to read her book. <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And she says, oh, oh my God, you don't know what my daughter's been through. Oh, yeah. And for the, for the sequel, she, because, you know, a lot of her clients have, have read the book <clears throat> and love it as well. And now the sequel's out and she prefaces it with, you know, it's a little, it's a little risque. There's, there's a little, there's some sex and every single one of her right. clients, like hu even like huge, you know, healing <laughs> gurus come back to her and they're like, oh, I right. fucking loved it, D. I mean, it it was amazing. We've yeah. all had those experiences. We've all done the things. And if we didn't, we wish we would have. So we love reading about it. And it's like, of it's course. just real. Of it's course. real and authentic to like yes. who people are. Well, reading it, reading some of the, you know, the different scenarios took me back to my single, um, you know, when I was single and I was a dating, whore. well, I wasn't a whore, but I was definitely <laughs> a, I would, I would say I was definitely a serial dater. I dated everybody. I didn't sleep with everybody, but I dated, I can't even count how many men I did. I mean, I would, I would date the short guy, the tall guy, the, yeah, big, I love the it. skinny guy, the fat guy, the bald guy that, you know, I, even when they didn't, you know, speak English, I dated him too. <laughs> and I mean, the hot guy, the not so hot guy. So I just think women, that's what, you know, you need to like, it's like an interview. It's like you're interviewing somebody for a job. You're interviewing somebody to be your husband. You're mm -hmm. interviewing somebody to be the father of your child. And that's how it should be. So, you know, I say to women, date your ass off. Yeah. Um, but and I, date against your type. That, that, well, that's the other thing I was going to say. I have something called the 180 degree turnaround that I talk about whenever I'm talking to clients. And I wanted you to do that. Like I was, I said, I, she has to change her pattern. She's oh, well, that's, change that's against what happened basically. When I came it home did? from Europe, my current okay. guy walked into my life and I was like, he's not, like this is all wrong for me. He was 15 years older than me. He had a child, like- not where not, I saw you wouldn't even and think of it. myself right. going. And here we are. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. So you did change your pattern. I did. 
That or is, the universe delivered me a different different type of person. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. And I, is he, d- does he treat you like Oh my God, he's wonderful. And it's so fun now because he's he's been on my podcast and people obviously see him and our relationship on social media. And um, now everybody is reading about him. Uh, and so many of my, my FMLers are like, oh my God, we picture his voice as the character when we're reading. And it's so amazing to like, we feel like we know him and you. Um, so yeah, I mean, everyone just adores him and as as do I. I don't think many men could be in a relationship where their significant other talks about their exes every single day in some no, capacity. Um, I and can't, he's so I can't supportive and so loving and I, I can't say enough good stuff about him. Because he's a confident man and yeah. you needed a confident man. You can't have an insecure man. No. Not with you. No. Because you're 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 big. You're a big personality. Yeah. You walk you walk into a room and it's like, hello. Well and he's that way too. We used to joke that, you know, his ex who, you know, we're all great friends and um, they co-parent together. Um, But his ex used to always say, you know, it's really hard to compete with you because we walk into a room and everybody's like, oh my God, who's that? And he's like, hey, it's the Tay Show. And like now we walk into a room together and he's like, oh, okay. I got to share screen time with Gabrielle Um, because we're both very much, we have that energy about us. Um, And it happens to work really well together. We've never had like a power struggle about it. So. Oh, that's so, that's perfect. What's your sign? I'm a Scorpio and I'm on the cusp of Scorpio Sag. You're on the cusp? Yeah. So you're, what's your, November? November 20th. And he's a Gemini. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. And I've heard horror stories about Gemini, but he's restored my faith in that sign. <laughs> well, well, it's similar to, I'm a, I'm Aquarius and my husband is a Virgo. Okay. And I've heard, I've heard horror stories about that too. Yeah. We're still together. Not so that I know good. that much about astrology. I just know the signs that I've dated yes. that I don't want to right. ever date again. <laughs> it, exactly. Yeah. Ex- oh, I'll, I'll drink to that. <laughs> yes, I will. I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that you've never been asked. And okay. If you've been asked them, if you've been asked them, then tell me to show. Oh, up. I'll be so okay. surprised because I've it's I've done hundreds of interviews around this topic, so I'm ready. Okay. Okay. If you had to live on the moon for the next thirty years, and you could have one DVD with you, which one would you bring? Oh my God. Okay, you're right. I've never been asked that. Um, and the answer would be forgetting Sarah Marshall. Because I feel oh. like if you're going to be on the moon for 30 years, it oh. has to be a comedy. And that's my all-time favorite comedy. My husband's all-time favorite. Yeah. My husband. I love my husband's that movie. favorite. I can literally recite the script as it goes and it drives people crazy. And my daughter, my older daughter, loves. And my younger daughter seen it too. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, <laughs> it's a great movie. It's it's like, it's a and you can watch good. it over yeah, and over and over. Yeah, it's a feel-good, fun, laugh comedy. And you could come in on any part yep. and you'll just like, right? Yep. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, let's see. Which decade has better clothing style? This has nothing to do with your book. Oh my God, I love which, these. <laughs> which decade has better clothing style? The 1920s or the 2020s? The 1920s. 
Why? Because, I mean, everything, in my opinion, has gone to shit the more we've, like, overdone it. Um, (laughs) Yes, yes. Music, you know, like, everything. Oh, everything. Um, So, yeah, the 1920s would be so much more fun. And what's your favorite era of music? That that you've been asked, but I'm asking. I'm just. I curious. mean, I grew up in the '90s and the early 2000s, so that's like my nostalgia music. If I ever want to feel good, I put on you know '90s Pandora, and I'll get down to that. Um, Florence and the Machine. Yes, um, but also like you know, I grew up with Spice Girls and InSync, so that'll always have a you know girl band, boy band will have a special place in my heart. But I also grew up with my mother, who is obsessed mm-hmm. with '60s music. Um, mm-hmm. and like, I love, like I love some good sixties tunes for sure. Oh, your, your mom and I are definitely <laughs> on the same page. Um, did your mom ever work with anyone in a movie that scared you? That scared me like a character or them yeah, as like a human? <laughs> either one. Um, No, I mean, honestly, you know, I was seven years old when I was on the set of The Frighteners with her and she was like, look, mommy's bleeding, but it's fake. Lick lick it. It's corn (laughs) syrup. So I was exposed to all of that at a very early age. Um, But there has been two films that I – there's one that I just won't watch again and one that I don't like to watch. um, Howling. That like affected me really badly when she died – spoiler alert – when she died in them. One was a short film uh, that we did together and our really good friend directed it and I play her daughter in it. Um, and the scene where she – she actually doesn't die but she almost dies and it's so brutal and I, I it upset me so much and I'll never watch it again. I've never seen it since nightmares. the first time. Um, oh and then God. Rob Zombie's Halloween. She has a brutal death oh. in that. And right before Michael Myers like snaps her neck, he shows her a picture of her daughter, um, which is played by Scout Compton, who I'm really good friends with now. Um, but I also know that she was imagining that photo as me. And it's just so brutal to right, watch. Right. Um, it's not a ooh, fun death scene. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, Halloween. I, I can't even. I yeah. can't. I can't. I, I can't. But I've seen her die Halloween in a myriad was, of other movies. Go- Those are the only two that have ever really like gotten under my skin. When I went to Ithaca College, we were coming home. My roommate and I, we had just seen Halloween and we're walking to our dorm and we're in the dorm and we go to sleep. And all of a sudden I hear something tapping at the window. Tap, tap, tap. Oh, I no, opened no, no. the, I opened the, sh- I opened the shades, and it was a knife with blood hitting the window. It was the guys upstairs. They were oh just, my god, that's terrible. They were just screwing around, but yeah. it's, I, I can't, I can't see that movie. So I know that you had a lot of hangovers. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, it's a wonder why I ever drink at all. Um, I haven't in a very long time, though. I just won't do it to myself anymore. What's your go-to drink? I love a good wine, red or white, like either a really good smooth cab or a Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand um, is always me a go-to too. for me or like a spicy margarita. Oh, me too. Yeah. Wait a minute. So you like red wine? Oh, yeah. So you do you like uh, – do you have a go to Napa? Yeah, Napa is my go-to. Okay. Have you had Opus One? I have and you know what? It – you know, like the whole $600 bottle, I I prefer like um, Frank Family is a great Napa wine. Um, what's the other one I love? Nickel and Nickel. Like the $100 bottles are, yeah, 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 yeah. are the ones yeah. that I really like the most. 
we have a friend who works at Opus. She's like one of the executives. So she always like invites us and we go oh, and nice. we have our little well, wine I mean, then, Yeah, if it's free, you know, go drink all the Opus free, you know, wine. They, <laughs> exactly. And I was blown away. I was like, but we like, we like to try all the different. Yeah. Um, um, I wanted to, oh, so when you were working, wait, how old were you when your mom was doing ET? I was not born. You weren't born? No. It was pre, oh, so, pre-me. <laughs> oh, pre-you. So you, okay. Because I know, so you hung out with Michael J. Fox when you were little. I did. That was on the set of The Frighteners when my dad passed. And when we went back, he would use his breaks to play Foursquare with me and was Aww. like totally hanging out with us all the time. I have very, very fond memories of that man. Yeah. He seems like a cool person. Yeah. Really cool guy. Well, you've had a life. I have, and I'm and only 32. You're, oh, I can't, I can't believe you're 32. I mean, I really can't believe I'm talking to a 32 year old. Because you <laughs> seem, no, because you have so much wisdom. Oh, you have so thank much. You. You, you're so you're so mature. Thank you. You're so mature, and you are so insp- inspirational to so many women out there, and to so many young women out there, teenage girls. Um, I want to thank you so much for doing this with me today. Oh, you're this so was, welcome. I was happy to I'm happy to be here. So thank you for inviting me. It was really I had a blast with you and uh oh, I can't wait to read the second book. What yes, is, you'll so have me, to let me know. So what is it called? The second it's called book? The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl. Love it. Love the <laughs> title. Well, uh Think of a restaurant. We're going to go to lunch. Okay. I want to hear I'm more. ready. I, okay. I and love bring it. mom. Bring mom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And we'll just shoot the shit for like three hours. Perfect. With some red wine. Great. I'll bring the bottle. Perfect. I got it. It's right here. It's right here. Is it's right it an next Opus One though? No, okay. I'm not doing Opus One. You don't like, you don't like, no, no $600 bottle. Don't waste bottle. it on me. <laughs> no, I'll, br- I'll bring the one that, I'll bring a good one. Do you, what do you like? Pinot? You like Pinot Noir, Merlot, yeah, or ca- I, Cabernet? Pinot or a Cab. Got it. Yeah. I love it. I can't wait. I love you. Thank you so much, Lisa. You're awesome. Thank you. Good luck with everything. Thank you so much. Bye, honey. I want to thank my guest, Gabrielle Stone, for being on my show today. Don't forget to pick up her book, Eat, Pray, FML. Fuck my life. You're going to love it. And I also want to thank my producer, Alan Tuzinski, Melissa Letter. Uh, Pretty Easy Podcast is the way to go. And my writer, Adam Lavarkin, and my composer, Jeff Urban. And until next time, leaning out. Lean in, Lisa, put it to the test. Lean in, Lisa, so get off your chest. It's more than just a trend, cause everyone's her friend. So lean in with Lisa, spend your time with Lisa. Lisa's got something to say. So reach out to Lisa every day.